welcome to Tech Talks, a Viking podcast where we discuss technical questions that are coming into Viking Technical Services. Uh, I'm Jim Lake, and I'm here with Sean Kramer, our manager of technical services. And uh, today we're going to be talking about deluge systems. And to start with, Sean, I thought maybe we'd talk a little, little bit of a history lesson. Um, we've had a series of different uh, valves, deluge valves over the years. So why don't you just give us a little bit of a background so that we can kind of frame the the where these questions might be coming from. Yeah, our more recent deluge valves, we had the Model D style deluge valve, uh, which is was an angle style, so you had a 90 degree turn from the inlet to the outlet. And then after that, we came out with the E1 deluge valve, and the Model E deluge valve is still a current valve with the angle style. However, we also released a straight through style deluge valve where your inlet and outlet were in line with each other and it can be installed vertically or horizontally and that's our Model F series valve. So as it stands right now with our deluge valves, we offer the Model F, the straight through style, as well mm -hmm. as the Model E, the angle style. Now, I'm going to throw a, a curveball at you there. Is there a hydraulic advantage to one or the other? Is it as far as friction loss over any of those? Uh, with, when you look at the straight through style valve, you can see that it has a little bit less friction loss than your angle style would, just because of the design and yeah. the way that you get from the inlet to the outlet. Right. But relatively, they're pretty comparable. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so our first question then uh, that you've, you've highlighted here is, um, it has to do with the priming line and, and more specifically the priming valve on the priming line coming in. So the priming line uh, is intended to establish pressure on the valve holding it closed, right? So what is it, it, it the, this question is, should that priming valve be, should I close the priming valve is actually what this person's asking, the quarter inch priming valve on that line, should I ever close it? No, you're going to want to leave the priming valve open on the current conventional trim, whether you have the Model E or the Model F deluge valve that's being used. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a water supply that's going to fluctuate in pressure, your, your prime pressure will go up as well and it'll be locked into that chamber because you have a check valve going in there. But if you close the priming line and you start to get a pressure fluctuation or rise in your pressure, you're not going to get that in the priming chamber as well. Mm -hmm. So by leaving the priming valve open, any fluctuation in pressure will also be seen in the priming chamber to help maintain keeping the valve closed. Okay. Now, if you're dealing with an older style trim, uh, which we'll get into a, a little bit more later on in this uh, podcast, but if you're dealing with the older style trim, we had what was called a dual prime. And with that dual prime, there was one prime that you would close and one that you would leave open. And we'll touch on that a little bit further down the road here. Okay. All right. So building off of that, then, you mentioned about the uh, a, a surge pressure from the water supply getting trapped in the priming in the in the, the priming trim and actually on on top of the the the, the valve. Um, so you've got three gauges. Then, if we're looking at a pneumatic operated deluge valve. Okay, so you got three gauges sitting there. Look what in you got the water line the the water supply gauge or pressure from the supply side. You got the trim or the priming pressure 
and you've got another you got an air pressure gauge on top of the pneumatic actuator so what's the relationship in in pressures there between those should I should they all be the same should they is there a is there a specific ratio that they should be or are there are they very specific to each system yeah, we're focusing on a deluge system with pneumatic release, which would be the one with the most gauges, as you pointed out, three gauges, because we have the air supply for uh, the pilot line that's being used on that system. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at that, for, for your air supply settings, we keep it very basic. Mm -hmm. So you, you might see with dry pipe valves where we have you know a table with a range of water pressures, and you just want to fall in between that setting with your dry pipe valve for your air pressure. Right. But when it comes to uh, a pneumatic release deluge system, if your water pressure is 175 PSI or less, you're going to put 30 PSI air pressure on top of the pneumatic actuator that's used in the release trim. Mm -hmm. If your water pressure is over 175 PSI, up to 250 PSI, you're going to put 50 PSI air pressure on top of the pneumatic actuator. And 250 PSI is the rating of the valve. So you have those two pressure settings for your air supply, either 30 PSI or 50 PSI. So we keep it very simple. Okay. There's only two settings to remember. Mm -hmm. Now with the other gauges, uh, the priming gauge, as we discussed previously, that you leave the priming valve open in that situation, mm -hmm. any fluctuation in pressure can be locked in. And that prime pressure gauge typically is going to read higher than the water supply gauge coming in because as the pressures fluctuate it's going to get locked into the priming chamber mm -hmm. but then your inlet your water supply gauge that's connected to the inlet of the valve that one will fluctuate up and down with whatever the current pressure is mm -hmm. now it's not a concern to see a higher pressure on the priming chamber right. the valve's rated 250 psi so as long as you don't exceed that it's not a concern because as soon as your release system opens up, that pressure is going to be relieved anyway. Mm -hmm. So it is common to see that priming chamber be at a higher pressure than what you see on the water supply gauge coming. So it's not it's not the same concern we have like when we have when we're talking about a differential drive valve, where more pressure on the air pressure on the valve is is actually not the best thing to have because that might slow the system's operation. That's absolutely okay. correct. It's not the same concern that we would have on a drive okay. system. All right, so let's move on then. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about. Got a, a couple of got a question here. A couple of questions actually on the releasing control panel, um, and and this one's actually come up, you know, in, in our previous podcasts. So it's a, it's it's the same question, different systems. So can the Viking VFR release control uh, VFR four hundred release control panel control more than one deluge system? So we heard about this with pre action, where the answer you said the answer was. Yeah, you can do that on pre-action systems. And last time we talked about fire cycling, you said, no, hold on, don't want to do it on fire cycles. So what's the answer with deluge systems? Well, when we look at the, the deluge systems, uh, what we're looking at is just the electric release in this situation. Mm -hmm. So just focusing on the electric release, if you have a Viking VFR 400 release control panel, it comes down to whether you're cross-zoning the detection or not, mm -hmm. which very commonly on these electric release systems for a deluge system, it's going to be cross-zoned. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a common way to wire the detection. If it is cross-zoned, then it's one panel per system. Mm -hmm. However, if by some chance it's not being cross-zoned, you could control up to two systems with one panel. Okay. All right. So when we <laughs> so we've got a 
Yes, a no, and a, it depends. <laughs> Good. All right, we like that. All right, so next question then, uh, again, going back to the, to the VFR 400, at least this is related to that, uh, is a deluge system with an electric release using the Viking solenoid valve, and, and you're very specific in the part number of, of, the, of 11601, um, but in this case, they have a panel other than the VFR 400 release uh, control panel is being used for the project. Um, how can I verify and can we verify whether or not the solenoid valve is compatible with the panel being used? Now in that situation uh, with the solenoid 11601 that's just our most common 24 volt DC normally closed solenoid valve that we mm -hmm. offer. We offer other solenoids in, in different ratings in that one, depending upon what panel's being used. Mm -hmm. Now, getting to the question at hand, Factory Mutual on their uh, approval guide, which is available to the public, gives you different groups of panels and solenoids depending upon the wattage of the solenoid. Okay. So what you can go in there, and if it's in, say, group four, for example, which would be where the Viking VFR 400 release control panel is, it can pretty much open all the solenoids they have listed based upon what the wattage required is for that solenoid. So it'll tell you exactly what solenoids different panels can control based mm -hmm. upon what wattage is required to open those solenoid valves. Okay. All right. Um, next question then is, is that we have, uh, this person has an, an existing project with multiple deluge valves that are both E's and F's. So we know that, you know, over time we've had, we've developed each of these valves. So it's not uncommon, I would, you know, I guess to have E's and F's in the same building in the same area. The trim on this, in this case, looks similar to the current trim charts, except uh, the device he has um, does not look like a pressure operated relief valve. Um, what type of trim is this and what are the options if I need to replace the component on this? So um, it's helpful to have the bottle ENF designated in the question, but now we're talking about different trim options here and components. So explain to us the difference that he might be looking at. Yeah, uh, for a few years up until uh, 2007, we offered a alternative trim to our standard conventional trim mm -hmm. referred to as the easy trim. So in that case, the, the conventional trim is what we currently offer today, and it's the only style of trim that we currently offer. But the easy trim, instead of using a pressure operator relief valve, a PORV, we use what was called a prime shutoff valve, a PSOV. Mm -hmm. So it looks a little bit different than the PORV, and instead of venting the prime pressure once the valve activated, the prime shutoff valve would actually shut off the prime pressure when the valve activated. So in that type of situation, when it was shutting it off, you had to make sure that you didn't have any type of self-resetting device. Yep. For example, like a C1 thermostatic release, once it cools off, it's gonna reset itself. Mm -hmm. And in that case, you couldn't use the easy trim with it. You had to use the, the PORB on the conventional trim. So just to simplify things, uh, now we just offer the conventional trim with it and the PSOV was uh, used up until that time as an alternative option. It's still available to purchase if it needs to be replaced. Okay, so uh, staying with the 
uh, staying with the subject of older Viking deluge valves, in this case, and going and continually uh, continuing on with some trim question here on trim questions on this. Uh, in this particular case, the uh, the installer or the person looking at the valve with the question has uh, an older style trim again on an existing Viking deluge valve. Um, and there's a component that he's having trouble identifying and it looks like a cross with a plug on top and he doesn't recognize it um, and it's not in any of our current trim charts. So what component is he looking at and uh, what's the purpose of this cross with a, a, a some sort of a plug on top? So what we're looking at here is called the A2 strainer orifice check valve. It, it was used on some of our older style trims. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to an earlier question where we were talking about the dual prime. Mm -hmm. So the A2 strainer orifice check valve actually has uh, two balls inside it with a spring. And you have your prime coming in from both directions. You have your initial prime, which is upstream of the water supply control valve. Mm -hmm. And then you have your, your primary prime pressure supply, which is connected to the inlet of the valve and comes into the other side of the A2 strain orifice check valve. Now that leads directly down into the priming chamber, and that's where your restricted orifice actually is in that device. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look at our trim now today in the priming line, you'll see that restricted orifice, where with this trim it was on that strain orifice check valve. So what you would do is you take your initial prime, set it up with the water supply control valve closed, just like you do currently today with the, the prime supply being upstream of the water supply control valve. And then once you were able to set it up and open the water supply control valve, then what you would do is you'd have your inlet providing the prime pressure. And at that time, you would close off your initial priming valve for the prime pressure in that situation and still be supplied from the other direction through the inlet. So the A2 strainer orifice check valve, that's what its purpose was to provide the restriction, provide the path for the prime supply from the dual prime into mm -hmm. the valve at that time. And it is still a replaceable part that we offer to this day. Okay. So older, not used on newer, not used on our newer trim packages, but still available. Correct. Big, okay. Uh, let's take a look now at the uh, uh, thermostatic releases. We have a question here with uh, the Viking model. We have two of them, C1 or C2 thermostatic releases. Uh, how do you know which one activated if there are multiple releases on the system? And why is it important to know? Well, in this case, uh, what we actually touched on this uh, a little bit earlier when we were talking about the easy trim, mm -hmm. how the, the thermostatic release is a self-resetting device. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have 40 of these devices on your system and one of them falsely activates, well, it's going to reset itself. Mm -hmm. So just by looking at it, it, it's difficult to tell which one operated. Mm -hmm. Now, you can use them on hydraulic or pneumatic release. Mm -hmm. So hydraulic release might be a little bit easier because you can see the water. Mm -hmm. Like, especially if it's over a concrete floor, you can see a little bit of water below it, look up. Okay, that's the one that operated. Sure. But it gets a little trickier once you get into the pneumatic release because once it resets, there's no sign of which one activated. Mm -hmm. So what we offer is these little plugs that go on to the bottom of it. They're mm -hmm. called... Uh, op 
operation indicators. Okay. So you just put that little plug on the bottom of it. It comes off at, I believe, 2 PSI. Mm -hmm. So once it activates, it's, it's going to blow that plug open. Okay. Now if you have 40 of these on your system and 39 of them have the plug still in the closed position and one's open, now you can easily identify which one of them activated. Okay. Great. Uh, Viking deluge valves have ports on each side of the valve. Um, I'm not you in this in this case the they're not using the current um, I'm not using with my current trim. Uh, why are there unused connections in the trim pack uh, on the valve for trim? Well, for example, if you're staring at a, a Model F deluge valve, you'll see the exact same ports on the right and the left side of the valve. Mm -hmm. So. You, depending upon the way you're setting up your trim, the type of riser room it's in, how much space you have, you could actually swap the sides of the valve that you're putting the trim on okay. because those are the same ports. Mm -hmm. Now the other spot that you see is the cover assembly. Mm -hmm. The cover assembly is going to have three ports on it. So with the Model F, you're connecting to the top port when it's in the vertical position. Mm -hmm. And if it's in the horizontal position, you're connecting to the bottom port. And if you have the Model E deluge valve with the same cover and the same three ports, you're connecting to the middle port. So they're used on multiple different types of systems. So depending mm -hmm. upon what configuration you have and the way your system's being set up, that's going to determine what ports are going to be used. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to one of the another piece of, of uh, trim pack. Uh, another piece on our trim package, and that's the drip checks. Um, we we have at Viking two different types of drip checks. We got one that and, and they're identified by the difference is identified by their the uh, the the button or the the flat head I guess of the, that we would call. So you've got either a flat head drip check or a round headed drip check. Um, the drip check that's used on the deluge system has a round head on it uh, typically. Uh, and the one on the F1 dry system's got a flat disc type of a flathead on it. Um, what's the difference and why is it important? Well, the difference between them is uh, with the Model F dry valve, if you've listened to that podcast, we, we discussed how the intermediate chamber needs to get the air pressure in mm -hmm. there. So the one with the flathead actually closes off at approximately 12 PSI. Mm -hmm. There's the ball inside there, it covers up the seat, and it allows that intermediate chamber to establish pressure and activate the valve. Mm -hmm. Now on the deluge valves, we have the, the round ball spherical type plunger on it, mm -hmm. and that one always stays in the open position. So with the deluge systems, with it staying always in the open position, you'll have water coming out of it as the valve's activated. So there's no concern there, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. But now on the other hand, if you ever have water coming out of it when the valve's in the set position, then you have something going on that shouldn't be and you're gonna wanna look into it and give us a call and we can definitely assist you. Okay, all right. So. As far as the deluge valve, how much how much water is going to come out of that the round-headed one when the system operates? Not not too much, right? And it's just what's in the priming. Yeah, what's what's running through? Uh, you you have the the water running through the drip check. Uh, you're discharging your PURB and priming line. Pressurize at, at 250 psi, which mm -hmm. is the rating of the valve. 
you're still only getting about three gallons per minute coming out of that drip check. So, okay. so not really much. Not, at all. not a lot. Okay. Uh, final question then: the the electric release deluge system uh, that this person has is using both smoke detectors and heat detectors. Um, how can I achieve this? Is the is kind of the language of the question? It's not a. It, I, I guess I'm not sure where this question's going, but. Uh, I guess the, the why would that be and how can they design it is, is is the question. I'm not sure exactly how this is being framed right now. Yeah, when we when we look at that with a deluge system with electric release, sometimes you'll see multiple types of detection depending upon what type of hazard you're protecting. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about cross-zoning a little bit earlier, oh, okay. where cross-zoning means that you have detection in uh, zone one and detection in zone two and you need your detectors to operate on each zone, one detector mm -hmm. on each zone before that solenoid is going to get energized to open. Okay. So with this situation, if you have a type of hazard where it benefit from using a smoke detector on one zone and a heat detector on another zone, mm -hmm. you cross zone them together and then you have both that have to operate before the valve is going to open. Great. Well, that comes to the end of those uh, of that session on frequently asked questions here for the deluge systems um, once again if you've got a question on uh, that you the or a, an issue you'd like a so you'd like to find a solution you'd like to work with our uh, technical services department the contact information Sean is our toll-free number is 877-384-5464 and that email address is tech svcs at vikingcorp.com great thanks this is uh this has been jim lake and sean kramer uh on our tech talks viking podcast uh join us again next week when i'm not sure what it'll be but it might be uh, flow control i think we might be talking about next time so thanks for joining us